an early age, Natalia Orvalsky has had a love for both the sciences and humanities. In 2018, while a senior in high school, she was featured in a Washington Post article about these two varying interests as she was debating whether to attend Princeton to study science or Oxford to study history. Well, today, Natalia is just a few days shy of graduating from Princeton as the valedictorian for the class of 2022. She ultimately picked the university because it offered a bit of both. She could study science and explore the humanities through her extracurriculars. Natalia is a molecular biology concentrator from Chad's Ford, Pennsylvania, and pursuing a certificate in quantitative and computational biology. She has earned 10 A-plus grades in six different departments while at Princeton. Here's a few things she's done while on campus. Natalia has worked in the bioengineering lab of Cliff Brangwen, served on the peer review board of the Princeton Undergraduate Research Journal, was an undergraduate course assistant for both organic chemistry and introduction to data science, served on the board of theater on team, and has been involved with the Gender and Sexuality Resource Center. Her thesis work studies how two different proteins help determine the physical properties or squishiness of the cell nucleus, which in turn influences how easily cells can crawl through narrow passageways. I'm Carlette Spike, Paws Associate Editor, and I'm here today with Natalia to reflect on her Princeton journey, the lessons she's learned, and her plans for the future. Welcome, Natalia, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Congratulations again on this huge accomplishment. Thank you. Can you tell us how you first found out and your reaction to the news? Oh, man. Um, so I got an email from Jill Dolan uh, sort of cryptically informing me that I should get on a Zoom call with her. Um, and I think I uh, initially in response was like, oh, man, you're kidding. Um, she was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, OK, I see. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. It's been really overwhelming, and I feel super lucky. Um, yeah. When she reached out, did you know the news was coming? or? Yeah, so I, I had sort of a, a bit of forewarning. <laughs> okay. Nice, nice. Um, so we know why you chose Princeton um, for the bit of both worlds, but can you reflect on your journey up until this point and how you were able to take classes in both the sciences and humanities? Yeah, for sure. I, I think the m main thing that drew me to Princeton was that I could do kind of original research as an undergraduate, um, in particular in the sciences. And so I think I've spent a lot of time doing my independent work and doing research before I started doing my formal independent work. And that's mm -hmm. been kind of my primary mode of engagement with science. And then uh, for a lot of my like elective coursework, I've sort of leaned more towards English and theater. And then also I've been really involved in the student theater community on campus, um, which have been sort of my main routes of entry to the arts sphere here. Can you talk a little bit more about kind of being involved in the arts while focusing on science and finding time for both and, you know, how you find the balance with, with it all? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's interesting because I think, I think there is this sense that, you know, most arts students focus on the arts in their academic coursework as mm -hmm. well. Um, and so I guess it is, it is somewhat less common to have, like, STEM folks uh, in, in performing arts. But there are a lot of people who are. Um, and it's actually quite cool because it's such a different mode of exploration so it's like in you know in the lab you're doing one type of hands-on work and then in the classroom you're doing you know potentially computational work mm -hmm. or you're sort of doing more formal like studying test taking etc and then in you know in a theater context you're on your feet mm -hmm. and you're sort of thinking on a completely different axis um, and so it's kind of nice because then your hobby is is legitimately relaxing, um, <laughs> and so it's, uh, 
yeah, it, you know, I think it provides a kind of built-in break, um, and so it becomes quite manageable. Nice, nice. Yeah. So you've taken a ton of classes at this point. Um, what have been some of your favorites? Oh, man. Um, so I, I took a few classes with Professor Bob Sandberg in the English department, mm-hmm. which were really, really great. Um, I think they changed how I think about theater a lot and how I think about, like, how storytelling works and what it does for people. Mm-hmm. Um I think I, I also took a philosophy class called Death, um, <laughs> which was really interesting. I was taking that during the start of the pandemic, which mm. kind of made for an, uh, a sort of like bizarre uh, relevance that I didn't, didn't anticipate beforehand. But it um, sort of, uh, I think, shaped some of my like more existential positions at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the other one that I would say is I've taken a couple of quantitative biology classes that have been super important to me. So mm-hmm. one of them is Professor Karina Tarnita's class in the EEB department. Mm-hmm. And then another one is Ned Wingreen's graduate seminar in quantitative biology. And I think, um, I mean, I like math, right? Um, and I've liked math for a long time, but mm-hmm. I think I didn't really see the overlap between that interest and my like sort of very experimental approach to life sciences that I generally take. Um, And so it's been really cool to kind of learn about how to apply quantitative tools to answer questions that you can't really answer Mm -hmm. by experimental means, like questions about, you know, how things evolved, for instance, which, you know, there's there's not really a different angle that you can take. And it's really cool to see uh, that even with my, I think, comparatively more limited math Mm -hmm. background, there are lots of cool kind of uh, quantitative avenues towards towards science that I can take. Nice, nice. So you mentioned the pandemic. I was going to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, obviously, it's been a major part of your college journey. Can you talk about how the pandemic has impacted you personally and if there's ways that it's kind of shifted your perspective and outlook on maybe both what it means to be a student and your career moving forward? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a couple of things. I think the first thing is that um, I think every Princeton student had a different pandemic Princeton experience. Um, and I was really lucky in that I went home to like a safe learning environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that wasn't true for a lot of students. So mm-hmm. I think that's that's worth acknowledging. So I think personally, like, it was obviously very disappointing to like not be able to interact with people and to not be able to do hands-on research for a long time. And mm-hmm. especially to not be able to do in-person theater performances because Zoom theater <laughs> really doesn't cut it for me. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, all in all, I was really lucky. Um, but yeah, I think more broadly, it's I think people have been talking a lot more about like what kind of public relationships to science are. And so I've been thinking more about issues of like science communication mm-hmm. um, and how I want that to be like a part of my future career and science education, mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, I think it's increasingly apparent that like, you know, there is a need to like speak responsibly about science and to educate people about science um, so that like the world as a whole can can kind of respond to global challenges in an appropriate way. So, yeah. 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 Following that like line of thinking, like ultimately what would you say it would be like your dream job then? Oh man. Um I think so tentatively speaking, <laughs> I think I would like to go into academia because I like both research and teaching a lot. Um and I want both of those things to be part of my life in some capacity. Um and even if I don't go into academia, I think informally, at least, I want both like mentorship and research to be kind of part of my future career. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of all, <laughs> all I've got worked out at this stage. So. It's totally fine. So yeah. tons of time to decide and figure out what you want to do. Switching gears a little bit to the upcoming commencement. Have you given your thoughts, some, your speech some thought? Have you written it? 
it's okay if you haven't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm taking the the time honored Princeton approach of writing it at the last minute. I think. Um, Are there you, any like themes or messages that you've you really hope to impart on your classmates and uh, you want to leave them with? Yeah. Um, this is very tentative. It might not make it in, but I think uh, some of what I'm thinking about right now is that I think it's an interesting moment to be like thinking about transition and to be so, sort of celebrating transition because I think there's a lot of things that are happening in the world that are, you know, really terrible for a lot of people mm -hmm. and things for a long time have been unpleasant for, you know, pandemic reasons and like social inequality reasons and like, you know, global turmoil reasons. Um, and so... I think that kind of changes the valence of what I think a graduation experience feels like in mm -hmm. the moment. Um, and so, like, I want to be cognizant of that and I want to acknowledge that, but I don't quite know how yet. Um, and I think the other thing is that I think if I, like, could impart anything, I think it would be some kind of, um, you know, wish that people take care of themselves and each other. Mm. Um, I haven't thought of a great articulation for that yet, <laughs> but uh, that's sort of where I'm thinking. Yeah, those are good messages. Thank you. I wanted to also ask you about your thesis. Can you talk about where the idea came from and you know what it's been like working on it for a while now? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so in my thesis, I'm, I'm looking at how these two proteins contribute to basically how squishy the nucleus is. The idea being that like the squishier the cell nucleus, the better the cell is at climbing through little spaces and maybe at metastasizing if it's in a cancer context. Mm -hmm. um, and so Cliff's lab generally works on on sort of these like physical approaches to biology. Um, and so this is, I think, not like one of the main focuses of the lab at this point, but like that kind of mechanical thinking mm -hmm. is like very much part of, of how he approaches biology. Um, and so I think that's kind of where a lot of it comes from. Mm -hmm. um, and for me personally, I think there's also just a lot of appeal in, in being able to take like a tiny microscopic thing and then poke it and like see how it changes shape. And like, um, I'm a massive microscopy nerd. Uh, so it's been a lot of fun to both learn kind of the relevant techniques to, to actually do the experiments um, and to kind of conceptualize the project as a whole. Nice, nice. So reflecting on the entirety of your journey as a Princeton student, um, what has been some of the most challenging parts? Um, for me, definitely managing mental health has been has been a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, I think even more so because of the pandemic, because you're sort of automatically also isolated from other students mm -hmm. and from university resources. Um, so I think a lot of it for me has been learning to manage kind of anxiety um, and like uh, patterns of thinking under under intense stress, mm -hmm. because I think the, the Princeton semester is really fast, um, often painfully so. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think also learning to, to sort of juggle um, academic rigor and like social health. Um, I think especially during my first two years at Princeton, I was very much like locked in the library until two in the morning, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then I think the pandemic sort of shifted a lot for me in terms of like what I prioritize, mm -hmm. because I think now I, I sort of spend more time with friends and I, I sort of try to seek out the people I care about and make sure that they're doing okay and in the process make sure that I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, which sometimes it feels like that's not what Princeton is built for. Mm -hmm. You know, it feels a little bit like the expectation is that school is the first thing that you do and, you know, maybe also the last thing that you do. And if you're <laughs> able to squeeze in a little bit of socializing, then, you know, good on you. But um, 
yeah, I think I've I've sort of uh, struggled with that a bit, but I've come to a better balance now. That's good. You mentioned social life. What do you do outside of academics and what do you do for fun? Um, I play a lot of board games lately has been what's been happening. Um, Are you on the Wordle trend? I am. My friends and I all do it together, which I think is an exceptionally nerdy thing. <laughs> but yeah, um, my partner is really into board games mm-hmm. and uh, so is our kind of broader friend group. So that's kind of become my my go-to social activity. Yeah. Nice. Favorite board game? Race for the Galaxy. It's like a sci-fi themed card game, essentially. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, you know, you reflected on your own journey, but I'm curious what advice you would offer to the incoming class um, if you could talk to them and, you know, kind of just share some tidbits and tips from your journey. Sure. Um, I think my main thought is that there is no wrong way to do Princeton. I think you sort of come in with the sense that, like, there's this particular arc that is prescribed and that, you know, it culminates in thesis work and thesis work must be like massively rewarding in order for you have done to have done Princeton correctly. And like the priority has to be this, but then you also have to be in 70 million extracurriculars. And I think that that's ridiculous. And most people don't don't actually live like that. I think I don't know anyone who actually <laughs> lives like that. Um, but coming to that conclusion is, is hard um, and is a process. And I think everyone goes through that process. And so I just I hope that um, yeah, I hope that kind of incoming students uh, can increasingly feel like they're doing Princeton correctly, regardless of how they're doing Princeton. Um, and also, I think I would I would tell people that like this place is hard, and um, it is okay to be finding it hard, um, and it is okay to be finding it hard in in terms of academics and in terms of social things and in terms of extracurricular things, because I think everyone struggles with different stuff. Absolutely, but, yeah, absolutely, great advice. Um, you talked about your, you know, dream job. We won't hold it, hold you in stone. It's okay if you change <laughs> Thank your mind. You. <laughs> but can you talk about what we can expect to see from you next? What are your plans after Princeton, after graduation? And if you have any other goals you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm starting a PhD program in the fall um, because clearly I didn't get enough of school um, <laughs> yet. But yeah, so I'm starting a biological and biomedical sciences program at Harvard. Um and I'm really excited to get to do research full time. I think I've been pretending to be a grad student for a while <laughs> and I've generally really enjoyed that mode mm-hmm. of existence. So um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited to sort of keep doing basic biology research and I'm really excited to keep uh, kind of growing as an educator in particular. So yeah. those are sort of the upcoming priorities after, after taking the summer off because I think a break would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> are you planning to do anything fun with your break? Yeah, um, I'm planning to do nothing for much of it, which I think is is sort of a a top priority right now. But yeah, spending time with family mainly. Absolutely. Great. Well, Natalia, it's been wonderful speaking with you and getting to know you. Um, Thanks again for coming on the podcast and best of luck. Yeah, thank you so much. Podcast is a monthly interview podcast produced by the Princeton Alumni Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can read transcripts of every episode on our website, paw.princeton.edu. 
Music for this podcast is licensed from Universal Production Music.